0: Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya The Tanya of Rabbi Schneur Zalman of Liadi Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg
1: On the bottom of page 611. In addition.
0: In addition and beyond this pervasive influence to the community as a whole, there descend in every generation sparks from the soul of our teacher Moses. Peace unto him. And they clothe themselves from the body and soul of the sages of that generation, the eyes of the congregation. Because the spark of Moses found the spiritual leader, he is called Moses as in the Talmudic expression, Moses, do you speak aright This spark is clothed not only in the leader's soul, but also in his body. This is why Hasidim say that one never tires of gazing at a Rebbe, for within him is a spark of Moses. These sparks, which are clothed in sages and spiritual leaders, enable them to impart knowledge to the people that they may know the greatness of Hashem, and hence Serve him with heart and soul.
1: Picture of the Rebbe, video of the Rebbe, picture of the Rebbe. You're looking at the face of a tzaddik. It touches you in a very, you know, you're looking at a holy Jew. You're looking at a, at a tzaddik, at a holy Jew, at a Rebbe, at a the Moshe of our generation. You see holiness, and it touches you. It touches the holiness inside of you. It touches the Rebbe inside of you. The miniature Moses in each and every one of us. And that was the nickname for each and every Jew in Eastern Europe. It was Marshka, Because the non-Jew knew that deep down every Jew is a miniature Moses because we have that spark inside us and by connecting to Moshe looking at Moshe connecting to Moshe studying the Torah from Moshe it ignites and evokes that Holy Spark within us
0: for the service of the heart for example one's love and fear of Hashem is according to the dot according to one's degree of knowledge and understanding of Hashem's greatness as it is written Know the God of your father and serve him with all your heart and with a longing soul. Thus, in order to serve him with all your heart and with a longing soul, it is necessary to know the God of your father. To know and comprehend his greatness. This is taught to the Jewish people by the scholars of each
1: generation, within whom sparks of Moses are enclosed. When the tzaddik talks about these subject matters, it's real to him. It's alive to him. And that, that enthusiasm comes across, inspires us. It's not only the words or the information. It's, it's, it, they're conveying their enthusiasm and their, their soul. They're really expressing their soul in their words. And that's what touches us and affects us most deeply. And as it says in the verse that the way to serve God with all your heart is only through knowledge because in order to serve God with, with willingly and with a complete heart you have to know Hashem it's not enough to have information wisdom and understanding are not enough but da you have to know your God intimate knowledge and it's only when you have da when you have that da then it can reach your heart Then it could affect your emotions. In order for this knowledge, this awareness of God to affect us, affect our personality, affect our character. How we deal with our personality, how we deal with our anger, our jealousies, and how we actually change. Because real change is when you change emotionally. How you react, how you deal with other people, what goes on in your heart. So how do you get this knowledge? How do you take this knowledge and allow this knowledge to change you, to affect you, to change your personality, to refine your personality, to become a better person? So for this, you need a much more intimate knowledge. And that's why it's not enough. The illumination that Moses' soul, the general illumination that Moses' soul illuminates and lights up every, every one of us, our souls, individual souls, is not enough. We also have to learn and study Torah from the leaders of the generation. The tzaddikim, our contemporary leaders, tzaddikim, who have a spark of motion inside of us. And when we learn Torah from them, and and when we are in their presence, and we look at their face, and we see the reality of God on their face, and we see the reality, they convey their enthusiasm. And to them, godliness is so real, so alive, so relevant, so concrete, that it affects us. Then, this godly awareness is able to penetrate our heart and to transform us, and help us change our personality and character. The better. Only concerning the future, messianic era, it is written, and they shall teach no more, every man is neighbor,
2: and every man is brother, saying, know God, for they shall all know me. Only at that time will a teacher be unnecessary. However, in our era,
0: one needs to have a mentor, Impart knowledge of God, greatness, if we
1: know how to serve Him. And one dependence on Moses through intermediary scholars of generation, the spark of Moses, is of the very essence of one divine service. A Mashiach will come, everyone will know God directly, from the small to the great, just like a child. A child will still have to grow up and learn. You won't be born with all knowledge and all information. But notwithstanding the distinctions between young and old, small and great, everyone will know God directly. will have an intimate relationship with God. This is the characteristic of the Messianic era. Mashiach will come. Godliness won't be abstract. Godliness will be palpable. It says we'll see God. Just like now, we see with our eyes, we see the physical, the material. It's very real to us. It doesn't need explanations. It's real, it's tangible for us. And presently, God and godliness is something that's abstract to us, something we have to struggle with. Mashiach will come in the messianic era. Godliness will become real to us, each and every one of us. It will be palpable. We'll sense it. We'll feel it. It will be in the air. So everyone will have this level of, na- of das of knowledge, of intimate knowledge, where God is so real to us. And you won't have to learn from each other. Everyone will have it directly, a direct connection, personal, person to person. And with this, the al explained, it says in the Shema, it says you should love God, and you should place these words on your heart. And the question is, the Torah commands us to love God how could there be a commandment to love God you can't command someone you can't command someone to love either you do or you don't if you don't, commanding someone to love won't won't help you with love you can command someone to do, to act even go against against your nature but you can't command someone to love and the answer is God is only asking us to do what's possible you have to meditate Shema Yisrael. you meditate, you think and, if it doesn't help, if it doesn't work, the Samtim is the word, place these words on top of your heart. Your heart is clogged. Your heart is closed. Nothing gets through. Nothing seeps in. It doesn't move you. It doesn't inspire you. It doesn't change you. It doesn't transform you. But I did the best that I can. I placed the words on top of my heart. When well, Mashiach will come, and God will circumcise our hearts, suddenly our hearts will open up. There will be a a moment, an awakening. That moment when Mashiach actually comes, there will be an awakening. There will be a movement. Mashiach is not just a physical movement that we're all going to move from all corners of the world. We're going to move to the land of Israel, the holy land of Israel. That too. But that will be a symptom of an inner movement. A movement from our subconscious to our conscious. We've been working on that trip and that movement for 3,800 years. It hasn't happened yet. If it was that easy to bring Mashiach to buy an alal ticket for $600 to move to Israel that's not That's it's a, lot, a little more complicated than that you know we, Jews have given up their lives Jews have sacrificed themselves for 3800 years we're waiting for the real movement, the real journey the real movement is when our subconscious our neshama will move from the hidden depth of our soul to our consciousness when the heart will open up when God will circumcise our heart And that's going to happen in one moment there will be an awakening A crystallization. A moment where suddenly... Everything will... Of course... I always knew there was God. So all that information... All that knowledge... That you stored... And you studied... And you thought about... And you reflected on... And you placed it on your heart. You did the best that's humanly possible. God doesn't ask us... For more than we can. And then at that moment... When your heart will open... All those words will fall into your heart. And suddenly... Everything that you learned... Everything that you knew... Suddenly, will come alive in a, in, a, in a very real way. So, Mashiach, what characterizes the Messianic era at that time? Everyone will have das, because at that time there won't be any any um, blockages. There won't be any. Our inner hearts will be fully revealed. Our, there won't be any dichotomy. Our subconscious, our conscious, our subconscious will, will be on, on a conscious level. So, every word of Torah, every word will hit home so so deeply. So Mashiach will come, will all know God directly. In other words, even the child, the small one who only knows a little information, will be just as moved and just as touched and just as inspired, personally touched, as the Great One. Because it's not the information. It's the connection to God. It's the godly connection. Everyone will feel Godness. Everyone will sense Godness. The small one in, his, in, in their own way, the child in his own way, and the adult in their own way. But They'll all have a relationship, the same relationship with God. So, Mashiach will come, we won't need to learn from the leaders. Every single Jew will have a direct connection to God. Every Jew will be a leader.
0: But didn't we almost have that, like, say, at Sinai? Although I know, like, you know, the Jews couldn't listen to everything, Moses had to do it. But I think there was a moment when we had that.
1: Actually, Moshe was was very good. Moses was actually very upset. When the Jewish people requested, speak to God, then tell him to stop speaking to us directly. We want to speak through you. God should speak through you. You should be our intermediary. Moshe was very upset. He says, why? God is speaking to you directly. Isn't that better? Because Moshe was hoping, Moshe was looking forward to the level of the future, the messianic era. He was hoping that the Jewish people were on that level. And the Jewish people said, <laughs> we're, not there. we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Because then, it was all on a silver platter. God gave it to us all on a silver platter. At Mount Sinai, God gave it to us on a silver platter. He took us out of Egypt. He rinsed us out. He cleansed us. He prepared us. He took us out of the 49 manna. He took us out of the 49 gates of impurity. 49 days, he purified us. And then he gave us the Torah. But God carried us. And we didn't earn it. It wasn't ours. And therefore, the Jewish people felt we're not ready for it. And God told Moshe, don't be upset at them. They're right. They're right. What they requested is correct. I'll speak through you, through your voice. Well, now, 3,321 years later, after all the sacrifice and all the efforts and all the sweat and all the toil and all the mitzvot and the kindness and the love and the goodness and the Torah and all the effort, the monumental effort, now we're ready to receive it like the story of the Alter Rebbe with his grandson, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. One time, the Alter Rebbe told his grandson, he offered him. He says, come to the mikveh with me, and you'll know the, and I'll give you the entire Torah. You'll dip into the mikveh with me, and I'll give you a gift, a present. You'll know the entire Torah. What would be your reaction if you received such an offer? Some <laughs> okay. Tzedek says, no, he refused. He refused. Imagine, he refused the offer. How old he? He was old enough. He refused. Why? He says, I want to earn it. I don't want things given to me on a silver platter. The whole advantage is, is that you earn it, you work hard. In his older age, he said that he regrets his decision. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I should have taken up my grandfather's offer. Then Maldrevi <laughs> passed away already. It was, too, it was a one time offer he lost the offer why? why was he upset? he says because the Torah is infinite so even had I accepted the gift of knowing the whole Torah it wouldn't take away from my effort, I still could expend myself and with tremendous effort because it's infinite there's so much more to learn now, was the Tzema wrong the first time? no because in his youth he felt that he didn't want things given to him on a silver platter. You have to earn it. You have to work for it. Then it's yours. Then you own it. Then you have a satisfaction. If something is given to you, if you win the lottery versus someone who earns the lottery. If you just win the lottery, it may it happen to all of us, but if you just win the lottery, it's not the same versus someone who really earned it. It's a whole different satisfaction. So if, if spiritual, spiritually, you know, if things are given to you and handed to you on a silver platter, it's not the same doesn't have the same level of maturity versus if you work through it and you earned it and it's honest labor and, and you sacrifice for it and you paid a price for it then it's real you own it and that's what the Tamil Tzedek wanted but at the end of his life after having achieved, after earning everything now he says, you know, that would have been a good idea so it's not like he was wrong before it was like a different stage in his life that stage of his life he was right the way he felt it was like a slap in the face imagine telling your grandfather, Alter Rebbe, no, a gift. Someone wants to give you a gift. What do you mean no? He says no. He felt it was a slap in the face. You're not doing me any favors. Don't give me the Torah. I want to learn it. I want to earn it. And he learned the entire Torah. He went through the entire Torah. After he went through the entire Torah, he learned it. Then he says, you know, now I feel like it would have been a good idea. I should have, I should have taken it. But that's Mashiach. The Mashiach will come. Now we earned it. Now we paid the price, and we sacrificed, and we exerted ourselves, and we're here. 30, years later, we're still here, learning and studying. And so Hashem sees that this is real. This is, this is as real as it gets, despite Holocaust, and despite everything that happened to us, all the curves that Hashem threw us from left field. And here we are, faithful and connected and alive and vibrant. So the Jewish people now, now we've earned it. Now it's mature. And so now we'll reach that level, that moment, when we'll make that journey, that trip, from the inner con- subconscious to the conscious. When the heart will open up, and all those words, that we've, all that knowledge and information that we've stored and accumulated and heard and learned and studied and reflected on, will suddenly sink in and come alive for us. And then we'll all know God directly. You won't need any intermediaries. Everyone will know God directly. But today... Until that moment, we need to learn from the eyes of the community, the Jewish leaders, the holy ones, the tzaddikim, the righteous ones, who have the spark of Moshe, and it's only by learning Torah from them, and by them conveying their enthusiasm, and to them the reality of godliness, being Jewish, is so real to them, and it's so alive for them, and the, our relationship with God is so alive for them, that we can't help but be affected can't help but be moved and touched and you come in contact with a tzaddik with a, so a Jew, a holy Jew has a spark of motion inside of them and Jews have a sixth sense to tell the difference between the real thing the real McCoy and just nice speakers, glib speakers, glib entertainers it's very nice but they're not holy it's very nice, nice Jew intelligent, entertaining but with all due respect they don't have that spark and if you don't have that spark it's external, it's superficial Versus the tzaddik, his whole being is God. It's real for him. It's alive. When you come in contact with him, it's like a soul touching a soul. The soul is touched by his soul. It's soul touching soul. It's not just words, wisdom, knowledge. In these words, in these wisdom, in these knowledge, it's a soul touching a soul. When you learn, study the words of the Rebbe, when you're studying the words that the Alta Rebbe wrote, and sat in prison for, and sacrificed his life for, when you, when you read the letters of that, that, that the Rebbe wrote, or you hear the talks that the Rebbe gives, you, you're hearing Godliness. What's being conveyed is the reality of God. You're, you're, it's a soul touching a soul. It's our soul being touched by the Rebbe's soul. It's not just words and letters. They just convey the soul. Versus a glib speaker, a nice speaker, a nice writer. It's very nice, but it's It's words empty words it's very nice but it doesn't it's not soul touching soul interesting interesting information but it it doesn't move you it doesn't inspire you it doesn't touch the godly spark inside of you doesn't ignite doesn't evoke so
0: you just want to understand you said when Mashiach comes what's in our subconscious or I guess the, the divine the divinity in our Neshama will become conscious yes So now, through Torah, that, that supports
1: that process. Absolutely. Torah, because the Torah is divine. And every time you do a Torah, you do a mitzvah, you're touching the divine. And you're being touched by the divine, and it touches the divine spark inside of you. It's a connection. It's a link. And it resonates in your innermost being, in your very core and essence. That's why a mitzvah touches us so deeply. A Jew who does a mitzvah will never be the same. If a Jewish woman lights a Shabbat candle, Friday evening before Shabbat, the first time in her life, she'll never be the same. Because that mitzvah is divine. And it touches the divine inside of you. And you know, you'll never be the same person. It's too late. Because you were touched in the deepest place, whether you're aware of it or not. It may be like a depth charge. You may not be aware of it immediately. But eventually that mitzvah is going to... you started something, you ignited something inside of you that will, will never go away.
0: So I guess that could be described as a process of transformation. Yes. That we're engaged lifelong in Torah. Right. So now...
1: But, but, but it doesn't come to fruition. It's like planting seeds. Oh. And suddenly all the seeds will come to fruition. Suddenly you see a beautiful oh, orchard. Oh. Before, all you saw was earth, dirt. But you didn't see the process that was going on underneath the soil, underneath the dirt. There was digging and there's plowing and there's seeds that have been planting. So we've been planting seeds all over the world. Trillions and zillions of mitzvot and tears and sacrifice and neshama. And when Mashiach comes, all those seeds will suddenly, you'll see this world is a garden of Eden. This world will suddenly turn into an orchard, a pleasant place. A beautiful place, harmonious place, a wholesome place, a godly place, a good place, a kind place. Not the jungle it is today. But as a result of all our sacrifice and all our efforts and all the mitzvot that have been accumulating, because this energy, energy stays forever. Energy never is indestructible. It's all the positive energy that we've been accumulating for 3,800 years. All that energy will come together until there'll be a critical mass. There'll be a moment, there'll be a critical mass. And suddenly, in one split second... As Jackie Mason says, he says, I was a comedian for 40 years and then I became an overnight success. <laughs> so that critical mass happens in this moment. The moment the Mashiach comes is a moment, a split second, like an awakening. Just like God took the Jewish people out of Egypt. It was a moment at midnight. Suddenly there was a dramatic, dramatic revelation and a dramatic transformation. Mashiach, the transformation of Mashiach will be much more dramatic than the exodus from Egypt. There will be a moment, a historical moment. There will be a time, a date. Just like there's a date when God took the Jewish people out of Egypt and we commemorate a market forever and ever, the 15th day of Nisan, is going to be a date. There's going to be a moment in time, in history. It's going to be a historical event when God will actually, when this tremendous awakening and this tremendous uh, revelation and this critical mass will actually happen. But as a result of all our accumulated effort, that's the idea of Mashiach we make it happen Torah and mitzvot are the process of making it happen it's an activist program it's not a passive program we just wait and pray and hope God please bring the Messiah no, we make it happen we, every one of us through our Torah, through our mitzvot, through our effort and the accumulation of all our efforts together, collectively, individually we together bring this critical mass and we are the ones, our generation we are the fortunate ones we are the ones who are going to make it happen. We're going, to, we're going to achieve that critical mass. We're going to do that last mitzvah. We are in the ninth inning. All the bases are loaded. And we have to swing that last home run and bring everyone back home. Us. Every one of us. Individually. Our one mitzvah. Adding one single mitzvah in our lives. 70,000 Jews living on the Upper East Side. If every one of us did one more mitzvah, we'll revolutionize human consciousness transform human consciousness transform human history Mashiach will be in one moment but it's our effort Interesting. so would we like
0: the transitional
2: generation
1: between Gala and Rullah? the Rebbe would always say that we are a unique generation there's never been a generation like ours we are the transitional generations exactly we are the last generation of exile <coughs> of the old order and we will be the first generation of the new order of redemption a wholesome world, a genuine world, a godly world, kind world. And we are on the verge of that transformation. I know you read the papers, it's hard to believe, but that's the reality. We are on the verge, and we are literally on the threshold. We're going to hit the home run. We're going to live to see it happen. We're going to live to see the Third Temple. We're going to live to see 14 million Jews dancing in the streets of Jerusalem We're going to live to see the world at peace, a good place, a genuine place, a godly place. And if you open your eyes, you can see that there's miraculous transformations taking place before our very eyes. Simultaneously, we have very, with all the negative things that are happening, shockingly negative things that are happening, it's almost like a twilight zone, but at the same time, we have the miraculous things that are happening before our very eyes, positive things. Breakthroughs and transformations and revolutions, and the world is hurtling in a very, very positive direction. You right? know, you can't stop it. The ocean current is flowing; it's getting mighty, mightier from moment to moment, and this is the direction it is heading. You know, the information age, and, and uh, so we are living in a very, very special time, and we just have to keep our heads high and uh, realize that we are active participants in this process, not just be passive bystanders be Jewish is to roll up your sleeve and take the bat, and not enough to root for the home team, but you got to go out into the field and take the bat and light the Shabbat candle, do the mitzvah, study the Torah, do take an active, become an active participant, because maybe you are going to be the one that will hit the home run, the last home run. In the middle of page six thirteen, however.
2: However, the essence
0: of the knowledge of God which leads one to serve God with his whole soul and heart is not mere knowing alone that people should know the greatness of God from authors, meaning sages and spiritual guides and books. But the essential thing is to immerse one's own mind deeply into those things which explain the greatness of God and fix one's thought on God with strength and vigor of the heart and the mind until his thought shall be bound to God with a strong and mighty bond as it is bound to a material thing which he sees with his physical eyes upon which he concentrates with his thought.
1: He explains that Das is not just knowledge, knowing something, intelligence, knowing something. But it's really concentration, the ability to concentrate. We know there's the myth that we live in the age of 10 second attention span, maybe that's too long, but it's not true, because talk to people about something that interests them, And you'll see they have a limitless attention span. Talk to kids who have ADD. Talk to them about sports or their favorite subject. They'll sit for hours. Talk to people about money, their money. They'll sit for hours. Talk to people about things they really care about. There's no attention deficit. There's no problem. So we have this ability of DAS. Das is concentration, focus. And that's really what das is. That's the difference. Knowing something, knowing something superficially, just being aware of something, having information, that's not enough. To develop maturity, to turn an idea into conviction, to internalize something, to process something, to really take an idea and to pickle it, and to really become intimate with it, to personalize it, to make it come alive in a very real way, you have to focus. You have to concentrate. And there's no substitutes. We live in a fast age, but, you know, there's no substitutes. There's some things you just can't do quickly. It's impossible. You have to have time. You have to have patience. You have to sit. You have to focus. You have to concentrate. You have to allow it to sink in. You have to allow it to seep in. And you really have to you need total concentration without any distractions. Really concentrate on the subject matter. And that's really the key, whether you're really going to get to the depth of it or just superficial. You can learn something superficially and you have a good mind and you understand it. But it's a very superficial understanding. The moment someone asks you a real question... You know, you're stumped. You're stuck. I don't know. I, uh, it's a good question. I never really... That's, not, that's a superficial understanding. But when do you really understand something in depth? You think about it. You chew on it. You digest it. You spend time. You focus. You concentrate. You go back to it again. You know, it's like when, when, you, when your tooth hurts and you're in pain. You, 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 t- you can't help but constantly go back to, to that uh, tooth. When you really sit in it and really chew it over and go back to it again and again. And it's only then that you're really able to you're really able to understand it in depth, to really to really get to the bottom of it. You know, in a very real way. Otherwise everything is superficial. You know, there are people everything in life is superficial. There's not a single area in their life which they really are mature about, they really understand things in depth everything is quick everything is superficial so this is Das and, it, and we're, so we're about to learn this is what distinguishes the men from the boys this is what distinguishes a child versus an adult this is what maturity is all about when a person reaches puberty you have that ability that sexual ability what's that ability? that ability is it's your soul's ability to concentrate Because in order to be intimate, you have to have concentration, 100% concentration, not 99.9%. If you have 99.9% concentration, you can't have intimacy. It has to be 100% concentration. You're totally focused. Your mind, your heart, body, soul, every part of you, conscious, subconscious, you're totally there, present, 100%. That's das. So we have that soul ability. We have that, that capability, that capacity, when you're connected to something, to connect with something. You have that ability to total focus, total concentration. Something that you really care about, something that you're really into, you have that ability of total focus and total concentration. So we have that ability. God gave us that ability. That's das. That's maturity. And this is the key in order to be able to really develop a sense of awe of Hashem, learning, information. That's not enough. That's just the introduction. But the entree, the main course is focus, concentration. And that's really what prayer is all about. When you study Torah, you're always learning new information, something interesting, something new. When you pray, you pray the same words over and over again every single day. Nothing new. Because the whole idea of prayer is that's the time of das. That's the time to take the information that you already know, that you already learned, and to really internalize it, focus on it. Total concentration, you close your eyes, you say the Shema, you're totally focused, your mind, your heart, your being, and it's in that total concentration, total focus, that it's able to sink in, the idea is able to sink in, you're able to personalize it, you're able to relate to it, you're able to connect to it, it comes alive for you, it, it's, you're able to, it's able to touch your emotions, to touch your heart, to move you, it evokes a response within you, it inspires you, it changes you, it transforms you, and it turns into a conviction, and you're able to make a decision, and you're able to go forward, and you're able... This is, the, this is what brings it to life. This is the connector. This is that. This is the ability that we all receive from Moshe. Where where does the Jewish soul have this ability from? Who nurtures, who nourishes our soul? Who gives us this ability, this divine ability? To be able to total focus, total concentration on the divine, and godliness. To connect with the divine in in a real way. To internalize the divine, to internalize godliness in a very real way. This we receive from the soul of Moses. Our souls are connected to the souls of Moshe. And he gives us the ability, he's the shepherd, the faithful shepherd who gives us the ability to be able to focus. But without focus, nothing happens. Just like you can't give birth, you can't be intimate without focus, total focus, total concentration. So too, you can't give birth to an emotion, a genuine emotion, a mature emotion. You can't give birth to an emotion without this ability of total focus and total concentration. Fast food and fast is not going to do it. Just fast, fast, everything fast, quick. It just doesn't do it. Yes, we're living in a fast stage and everything is quick and no one has time for anything and but you know what? There's no substitute. What happens when you eat fast? You get a stomachache. Even instant coffee is not instant. You need time if the true and the real way to eat those who know nutrition the real way to eat is chew very well and chew slowly and only then do you get all the minerals and all the enzymes that you're supposed to get out of the food otherwise the food is useless it just goes into your stomach and you have to chew there's no substitute you can't cook. there's certain, certain things in life you can't rush you can't rush you have to spend time you have to stop black out some time It's a time for prayer this is a time for me to focus that's why prayer is not a time for men and women to sit together. Men and women sitting together is a social event. Prayer is a time, it's a, it's a, I block out a time. I'm blocking out an hour, this is for me and God. No one else exists, not even my spouse. At this moment, I want to develop a personal relationship with God. I need the time, I need to block out everyone around me. You know, when you're sitting with your own... Men are sitting with men. Women are sitting with women. It doesn't, there's no distractions. I'm sitting. I'm totally focusing on my prayer. It's me and God. I have the strength of the community knowing that the men are here and the women are here and the children are here. The whole Jewish community is in this building. And that's enough. We're all praying together. That gives me strength. But right now, it's my individual moment to connect with God. So I have to be lost in thought. You can't be lost in thought if, if you're distracted and if you're looking. and You have to look inwardly. It's a time to really focus inward. Das is that ability to go inward To focus inwardly And to concentrate Total focus And we know we have that Because we're all adults We all have the ability to be intimate So we know we have that ability And we know when things matter to us We can sit and listen for hours And focus and concentrate So if you care about it If it matters to us So godliness matters to us Moshe the faithful shepherd Gives us this connection Godliness matters to us. And because it matters to us, we have that ability of total focus and total concentration to block out a certain time and just think and meditate and connect. And that's the only way that God can really come alive for us. Our relationship to God, our Jewishness. Otherwise, it's just all abstract. It's vague. It's fuzzy. It's nebulous. Whereas the Talmud says, the thief prays to God. Please, God... I have a very important robbery tonight. Please help me out. It's, it's like ridiculous, right? It's absurd. You're praying to God, you believe in God, and you're stealing. You're dishonest. How could you be religious and be dishonest? It, 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 it's like a contradiction in terms. Because everything is very superficial, everything is childish. It's childish, it's immature. Because there's no das. But if you have das, if you have this ability to focus and concentrate, then God becomes real to you. When God becomes real to you, then you have the fear of God. You can't do it. How can I steal? God says, don't steal. Period. End of story. No discussion. Absolutely not. No way. No. Under no circumstances. There are no Robin Hoods in Judaism. That's it. But in order to develop this sense of God, you have to have das without this quality of maturity, of focus, of concentration, of inner focus, of going inner inside, you can't really develop a real sense of God. You can develop illusions, delusions, but you can't really develop a real sense of God. And who gives us that strength? Moses, the soul of Moses, the soul of Moshe Rabbein, and the Moses of every generation, the Rebbe of the generation. By being connected to the Rebbe, the Rebbe gives you that strength, gives you that ability to make Godliness come alive for you in a very real way. So this is the ultimate level. But he went in stages. First, the soul of Moses illuminates our soul. We have a general knowledge of God. Then, in order to take it a step further, in order to be able that this knowledge of God should change our personality and affect us emotionally... We have to have a connection to the eyes of the generation, the leaders of the generation, who have a spark of motion inside of them, who are holy Jews. And by connecting with them, and listening to them, and seeing them, it ignites something inside of us. It makes God more real to us, and therefore enables us to personalize God and to change our, our personality and character, emotional characteristic traits. But here he's taking it a step further. In order for us to develop a personal relationship with God, where God becomes real for us, for me personally. It's a reality. Behind closed doors, nobody is seeing and nobody's watching. It's just me and God. 24 percent, but it's real. It's my thing. In order for it to come alive, to personalize it, to own it, it's my thing, it's me, it's my relationship with God. You have to have a healthy sense of, of self. You have to have a health. You have to have the ability of concentrating, of focusing, until you personalize it. It's my God. It's my faith. Not a faith I inherited, I heard from this rabbi, I heard from this, I heard from this book. It's personal. It's mine. I own it. I'm not doing this for anyone. I'm not doing this to please anyone. I'm not doing this. It's my thing. God is real for me, personally, individual. That there's a genuine Yirat Shemayim, a genuine awe of Hashem. In order to do this, you have to have the quality, you have to have fully developed this quality of Das this quality of being able to focus and being able to concentrate and being able to connect and to to be able to go inwardly close your eyes and go inwardly you know there was a uh, a rabbi used to give sermons he was a a darshan and he said that a darshan uh, someone who goes around giving speeches can't be a God-fearing Jew why? Because every story that he hears and every good idea that he hears, he immediately thinks, oh, that would be a good speech. I can use it in my speech. That would make a good lecture. (laughs) Instead of personalizing it, taking it to heart, I hear a story, let me keep quiet, close my mouth, close my eyes, and go inwardly and start thinking, how is is this going to change me? Right away I think, oh, I have a good thing to say for this, I have a good thing to add here. He's the most superficial person. He doesn't take anything to heart. Nothing is real. It's all, it's all external, it's all <laughs> speeches and And he says, "When he hears this, he'll also <laughs> use this. <laughs> Even this he won't take the heart. So so, it's, so the idea is the ability to go inwardly, the ability to develop.
0: Well, I was going to say, um, I find it very challenging, like say Shimona Esrei. It's like very communal, so it's hard to relate parts of that, like very inwardly
1: we discussed it at length in chapter, in the last chapter in the previous chapter, chapter 41 hopefully soon it will be online so you'll be able to listen to it but um, it's not that the rabbis minimized personal prayers it was just a better way to praying for your own personal needs because when the communal needs are met also your own personal needs are also met you know, like you pray for the coming of Mashiach, when when you know when the judges are restored, the good judges are restored, and the justice system is restored, and honesty and integrity become the currency once again, then it's going to be helpful to you. But it's also going to be helpful to everyone. So instead of just praying for yourself, it's a better way to pray for your own personal needs. It says if someone has a need and your friend has the same need and you pray for your friend, you will be answered first. In other words, God loves. When a Jew is not selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed, when, a Jew, when he sees that even though you have your needs, but you're thinking about the community and thinking about your fellow Jew and thinking about the whole world and thinking about Hashem and other people suffering, then Hashem is more likely to answer your own need. Just like the bride and groom under the chuppah are thinking about the whole community. On their personal, the happiest day of their life, they break the glass, you know, let Jerusalem be, be uh, restored because you're rejoicing, but people are in pain. Even in your joy, you can't forget um, the pain of the community and that so many people are suffering. So a Jew always has to be connected. That's what we learned a great length in the previous chapter. Even as an individual, you also always have to be connected with the community. You have to realize we're part of something larger than ourselves. We, you know, but, um, but in general, prayer is a time... It's an intimate time between us and God—a very individual moment, our personal rendezvous with God. That's why prayer is very quiet, silent. It's, it's us and God; no one else. It's no one else. No one else is involved. It's a very personal moment. You have the strength of the community with you, just like you're standing in a room with so many other Jews. That gives you strength. So too in your prayers, you're thinking about the community. That gives you strength in your own individual, individual prayer. But it's really—it's a moment you are praying. As a representative of the Jewish community, you are praying to God. It's you, it's person to person. You and God are facing each other directly. But you are praying on behalf of the whole community. But it's still the individual. The individual never, gets, never loses his, his individuality. In Judaism, the individual never loses his individuality. But the individual is also not alone. As Hillel says, if you're just alone, then it's no good. You're always part of the community but you as an individual are also representing the entire community. But prayer is a moment when you lose yourself in prayer. It's you and God. You go inward. It's a very inward time. It's a very personal time, very intimate time. That's way prayer should be. Can't say that's the way it is in most synagogues. With us. That's what prayer is meant to be.
2: One does so. He is mighty, bound up with the object of his thoughts. And is enabled to free himself from them. Thinking about God and His greatness should be done in the self-same, all-absorbing manner, and thereby the thinker will truly bound up with Him. For it is known that that cannot union, as is in the verse, and Adam yada, etc. Eve, the world yada in this verse connotes union. Thus, that entails knowing something to the point that one is completely united with it. The same is true regarding the knowledge of godliness. Although when one just knows godliness, he is already fulfilling a mitzvah. Still, this does not suffice. It is necessary that one achieve the union (coughs) of that by meditating deeply on God's
1: greatness. Right. So you have to go very deep to med by meditating deeply. Deep concentration, deep focus is really the only way you can really make a connection. What we call biblical knowledge. The Torah uses the expression that Adam knew Chava. He's talking about intimacy. And the Torah uses the expression Yada, knew, because it's biblical knowledge, because in order to have this connection the only way to have this connection is by total focus and total concentration and then the two souls meet it's not just a physical connection it's not bonding, animals bond human beings there's a biblical knowledge, there's a knowledge there's an intimacy, there's two souls connecting a soul touching another soul that's what das is it's a deep, deep focus, a deep, deep concentration a deep connection to the person. It's personal. Person to person. And they become one. So too with the subject matter. You have the ability to really go deeply into the subject matter. Till you become one with it. Till you own it. Till you, you personalize it. You internalize it. You integrate it. And this is really what it's all about. This is our relationship with Hashem. Now where do we get this strength from? This capacity?
2: this capacity and this quality of attaching one's that to God, so that he not only understands, but also feels godliness, and so becomes wholly united with him. He is present in every soul of the house of Israel, by virtue of his nurture, Yenika, suckling from the soul of teacher Moshe, peace
1: So just like when we know something physical, something we care about, money, success, things we care about, we connect with it very, very deeply and very powerfully and very strongly. There's a draw. There's a connection. There's a real... We're totally concentrating and totally focused. There's no distractions because we care about it. And it's physical and it's real. So how can something godly become as real to us that we should really connect with with the divine in such a real way, like a soul-to-soul connection, like intimacy between husband and wife. How is that possible? Who gives us that strength? The soul of Moshe. The soul of Moshe nurtures us because the soul of Moshe, Moshe's soul is rooted in the divine knowledge. And to Moshe, God is so real, is so alive, and he's so connected and so absorbed within godliness. So he gives us by suckling, by by. By connecting to the soul of Moshe he gives us that ability to connect with God in a very real way. That it comes alive for us. And that we should care about it. In a very deep way. And then then it it becomes very real to us. You know, this reminds me of the story the one of the early Hasidim their parents were not Hasidim because they were the first they were the first generation of Hasidim. So they were all rebels, nonconformists. Um, and the prized student of the yeshiva, who was brilliant, who knew the entire Talmud backwards and forwards, um, left his yeshiva and went to study Hasidut by Rabbi Dov Ber, the Magad of Mizrich. When he comes back home, many years later, he meets his former Rosh Yeshiva, his former the dean of the yeshiva. His teacher, his former teacher. And he says, I don't understand. Why did you leave me? What did you learn in Mizrich that I didn't teach you? After all, here in Yeshiva, you went through the entire Talmud with me. And and this former student answered, he said, that's the difference. With you, I went through the entire Talmud. In Mizrich, I learned how the entire Talmud should go through me. (laughs) That's, That's a whole different approach. This is the Hasidic approach. It's not enough to learn information, knowledge, rich, nice stories, nice parables. How does it go through me? How will it change me? How do I personalize it? How does it affect me? If it doesn't affect me, if it doesn't change me in a very real way, in a very personal way, then, then it's not real. It's not das. It's missing das. Like childish. A child can know a lot. Knows a lot of information. But it's immature. It's immature. It, it, it's not settled it's not ripe it's like eating, eating a half-baked food you Eat food that's half-baked, it's worse than not eating at all because it's half-baked, it gives you a stomachache the idea is not fully processed it's not mature it's not real it's, 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 it's not settled how do you settle something how do you really personalize it internalize it, integrate it, it should go through you it should evoke some real response inside of you you should connect with it in a very intimate way that takes das that. that's the ability of das to focus to concentrate to go inward and to really uh, personalize it we're going to learn next time how you have to spend time you really have to block out time you have to take some time and you have to go inward close the door close the light if you have to or when you pray take prayer seriously close your eyes and pray and try to meditate on what, and, and internalize it and go deeply into what you're doing and try to it should hit home because otherwise you can go through your entire life And there's no das. You can have Chachma, you can have Binna You can have wisdom, you can have understanding and You can have brilliance And you can have wisdom but It's like a child What do you say? A savant? Uh, I- idiot? Idiot savant There's no maturity <laughs> What? It's a French, French word it's Idiot savant. savant Idiot savant, right, brilliant Savant, savant. 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 A non- Idiot a non- savant
2: a nowhere. And no word
1: this is das. This is what we need, das. And das you get you get you get from the Rebbe. That. That 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 you get from the Rebbe. From connection to the Moshe, from connection to the Moses of the generation.
0: I just want to understand these could be two different concepts. How das relates to you know, how the, everything starts with the mind. You know, the, the mind directs and the
1: the mind is light, and the heart is heat. But heat without light, you need to guide the heart. Right. A person who just follows his emotions, yeah. that's, you can't just follow your emotions. Also, emotions that are not based on, aware, on awareness. Right. Emotions that are not based on knowledge. Because knowledge is you're looking for the truth. So, emotions that are not based on truth, you just follow your emotions... We see, we see, we see a whole generation today that just follows their emotions and their hearts. They mean well, and the hearts are. But I love, and I mean well, but the hearts just just leads them in all the wrong places, all the wrong directions. Yeah. The mind has to guide. The mind sees. You go up the mountain, you see the whole picture. Once you see the whole picture, what you see the right path. Now, mind alone is not enough. Mind alone is very cold. Mind alone needs a heart. The heart is the engine. The heart is the personal, the personality. So if you just have a mind without a heart, that's because you're missing the das. It's like you have the locomotive, you have the train, but there's no connection between the locomotive and the train. So your heart is in one place, your mind is in another place. If we were, if we lived according to what we knew and what we understood, we would all be much better than we are. We all know the way we ought to be, we all know the way we'd like to be, but somehow it doesn't... Make its way from yeah. our mind to our heart yeah. We know the, what the right thing is We know the way we like to be, where we ought to be But our hearts pull us and pull us in a different direction So you need a combination You need the marriage of the mind and the heart The marriage is das Das oh, is the connector Das connects, otherwise it's two different worlds yeah, yeah. And the twain shall not meet And you're torn, your mind is in one place Your heart is in another place And your actions are in the third place The Rebbe would always remind us that we are a unique generation. There's never been a generation like ours, and there never will be. We are the transitional generation, the last generation of Gullahs, of exile, and we will be the first generation of Gaula, of redemption. What an awesome privilege we have, and what a sacred responsibility we carry on our shoulders. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to bring the curtain down on the Golas once and for all? Well, Mashiach himself gave the secret away in his famous encounter with the Baal Shem Tov, He tells the Baal Shem Tov that when your wellsprings and the teachings of Hasidus will spread to every corner of the world, then and only then will Mashiach come. And therefore, the Alter Rebbe sacrificed his life to carry out this directive to the Baal Shem Tov by writing and publishing the Tanya. And all the Rebbis sacrificed themselves to publicize and to expound on the teachings of the Tanya. And the Rebbe, the seventh, the Shabbos of all the Rebbes, published over 6,000 Tanyas, literally, in every city of the world. And now, for the first time in history, through LessonsInTanya.com, Tanya in depth is available and accessible. 24-6 24-6 to hundreds of thousands, Jews as well as non-Jews, in dozens of countries, all around. the world. Now that you've had the personal experience and the pleasure to study the Tanya, we ask you to please partner with us to make the entire Tanya available and easily accessible to each and every Jew and to the entire world. Please help turn the wish of Mashiach, the dream of the Al and the vision of the Rebbe into a reality. On behalf of all of us here at LessonsInTanya.com, thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. And a special thank you for the good deed that you're about to do. In honor of your tzedakah, we will merit the coming of Mashiach now, when we'll learn Tanya from the Rebbe himself. Thank you.